0: Hi everyone! It's time for Ghostly X, a new show for our ghostly listeners, coming out on the opposite weeks of our regularly scheduled ghostly episodes. I'm Rebecca,
1: and that would make me pass. It would, yeah. And uh, I want to say that this is a this is going to be a Patreon show that we're doing called Ghostly X. Uh, ghostly X is going to be a little different than our usual ghostly episodes. Where in Ghostly, we have a topic and we try to stick to that topic as best we can. I mean, we do some listener mail and sometimes we talk about what's going on, but we try to stick to everything. But this is something different. We are going to be talking about all kinds of things and we are going to interview a lot of interesting people uh, that have something to do with some, something in the paranormal world.
0: Yeah, we've met so many great people over the last few years and we never have a chance to really sit and chat with them.
1: Yeah, and even when we do, it's about the episode that we're actually covering. So, we'll have some of those same guests that you're used to, but we're going to go more in depth into what, you know, what they have going on and where their life has been.
0: Yeah, what how, what they just what they do, experiences they've had I don't know it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, you know, and we're going to be a little more explicit, which explicit. Is, yeah. Expli- I mean, now that sounds a bit naughty. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I we're not planning on being
1: we're just, we're going to let ourselves be a little more free. Well, you're not planning on being naughty, but I am.
0: Okay. I'm well, I, I don't know about that, but we're going to have fun mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we're, these, we're really excited. But
1: these interviews too are no holds bar.
0: No holds barred.
1: Yeah. So we can talk about anything, you know, things that...
0: A-M-A.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what Ghostly X is all about and our Patreon is up and running right now. You can get to it by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Patreon in the menu bar. It's yeah, that simple.
0: It's that simple. So, this month of January, we're going to be sharing these ghostly X episodes with everybody, uh but then starting in February, they will be available to our Patreon subscribers only. Only. I mean, we love our listeners. We are your fans. It's kind of what we always say, right? Yeah. We don't we love you and we want to do this as long as we can. And so we're excited to be able to, be able to bring you extra content and maybe help support uh, what we do and yeah, be mean, able to grow is, is our goal. Yeah, it's-, it's
1: time to take it to the next level. You know, it's time to be even better than what we've been.
0: Absolutely. So in today's episode, we're going to share and chat about some recent listener comments. Then we're going to discuss some paranormal news. And we're going to have our first ghostly X interview with a very special person, our very own Patrick Harrington.
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So uh, that's, that's what we got on deck for today. Um, I will say this episode might be on the longer side, but we do not that we have a limit for what we're doing, but, man, we had such a good time uh, uh, diving into Pat's history here. So uh hope you stick around for it all.
1: It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're going to do listener comments yeah or, let's do it so we're gonna have to go back to our last episode because currently the votes are still open for the entity house so we're gonna be talking about skinwalker ranch comments, yes. and we got a few of them uh the first one i'm gonna read is from brian thompson yes and uh he he did say yes it is haunted uh he gave it uh seven seven on the scale okay I get hearts on mine, so that's how I see it as hearts. Um, but anyways, he said, maybe it's just wishful thinking, but hearing for, from so many years about this place and the activity, I believe it is. But UFO and alien activity is not paranormal.
0: Mm, so that was a little, I don't know, what do you think about that? Because that was kind of our big debate of that episode, right? Yeah. It was like, yep. Okay, there could be UFOs and things, but is that paranormal?
1: I mean, in the definition of paranormal, that is paranormal. But due to what Ghostly talks about, we talk about more, you know, more ghosts and spirits.
0: Unexplained kind of things.
1: So parted, you know, humans.
0: uh, Right. And pets, maybe. Uh, Yeah we got those in there um but yeah so i I, that's kind of interesting though that he said haunted but like just because there's been a lot of things on it but maybe still not vote thinking that alien and ufo stuff is paranormal yeah yeah uh our next one we have from melanie um i was really excited that you guys did an episode on skinwalker ranch while i don't think that hauntings per se are necessarily the big thing. Um I do believe um ooh sorry this is a little bit longer comment there. Um I do believe that there are is some definite unexplainable UFO E T things going on. Ooh Mm. it's crazy. Keep on keeping on.
1: Keep on keeping Thanks, Melanie (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I mean, it kind of is very similar to what Brian said. You know, he believes that things are happening because, you know, he's heard about it for so long. And there is a lot of stories about Skinwalker Ranch. A lot of stories about it. I mean, we can only cover so many in the podcast. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, the next one is from Nicole and Nicole voted yes. And uh, she gave it five on, on the overall rating. Uh she said, I believe that maybe the mineral content in the ground is the reason for all the weirdness.
0: I am so, I, you are feeling me, Nicole. Like that has been something in my mind. Like when I watched that TV show, I was like, there is something, I don't know about if it's mineral or if it's from the test that they did in the area or whatever. There is something in that ground that is weird and like causes, I think, some of those weird readings or just like the mental fogginess people experience, like
1: something. I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of radiation or something. Yeah. Like that. I think in the episode we talk about, you know, the radiation poisoning mm-hmm. can can cause like hallucinations and stuff like that.
0: It's just weird because it kind of seems to come and go, but it's man, there's something. I, I and mean, for me. <laughs> I mean
1: there there is high strangeness.
0: There. High strangeness, right?
1: Thank you, Jack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our last uh comment is from Cat. Uh and um yeah, sorry, both she and Millie I I guess we can we'll we'll share we'll share the ratings uh, yeah. and the votes. I didn't know we were doing that one, but uh so um voted yes uh and all of these are yes comments. all these are yes comments yeah. so you know again if you if you're a voter and we hope that you all are a meaning a ghostly voter um please please go vote right now for the entity and get your comments in uh and then we'll share them on the next ghostly x uh so cat uh also voted yes and gave it looks like 10 or yeah 10 uh team believer all the way with the ranch Fully acknowledge, believe, and support the paranormal presences at Skinwalker Ranch. It's a great example of energetically heightened or charged land, which is omnipresent through multiple landowners. Hmm. So again, something with that land being the thing that's causing the high
1: strangeness. I mean, uh, so usually I would say something like, you know, well, it was only... You know this owner that had that kind of experience, like in mm-hmm. the entity house, we right. talk about that where, you know, nobody else has had an experience there, and uh, this is a really good example of that because it is multiple different owners of of this place. But I would also say that I think that people don't buy this place because it's a cool ranch. They buy it because of the experiences that people have had, right?
0: I think that's where we are now. I don't know that it was that way. But yeah, I think at this point, if you're buying it, you know what you're getting.
1: Yeah. And it's a very unusual area because it is mostly Native Americans around there. And this is a white man that owns this. So it's very interesting that this plot of land is you know, for white people.
0: Well, I don't know if it's for them, but it's being used by them.
1: It's being bought by them. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, none of these other lands can be. I I believe there's restrictions.
0: Yeah. I Yes. I'm sure there was some carve out for, for this particular <laughs> land. All right. Well, thank you for, again so much for the comments. And we'd love to share your comments. So yeah. be sure to get out there and vote. Leave your comments. And... Uh, we'll share share them on the next ghostly uh, X episode. Yeah. Um, and you know we're going to keep doing this going forward. So we hope that you not only vote and comment, but subscribe to the episodes as well.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, it is time for some ghostly news, or well, it's not like news about ghostly, but it's like ghostly in. I don't know how to say it. Paranormal of, news. Paranormal news, yeah. but we're calling it ghostly news. Um, and so, Pat, do you want to go first? One yeah. of your stories? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, so I wanted to go a little bit different on this one. And um, I was really interested. Now, you know, I love me some UFO stuff, right? Uh, yes. I, I love it. Um, it is definitely my wheelhouse where I, I love anything to do with UFOs. But this one got me a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, it just... I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, this came out very recently. Um, it was actually in The Sun. Uh, and it came out January. Not in The Sun itself. It was in, <laughs> okay. you know, like I didn't watch The I sun. mean, I know we
0: just have like a, uh, we just finally actually have like a, a uh, what do we call it? the Satellites or yeah. something like going into the, into the Sun and yeah, taking pictures cool. and stuff. Okay.
1: But no, this wasn't actually found on The Sun. Okay, It was found in The newspaper called The Sun. Gotcha. And it was a article written by Patrick Knox. Ooh. Um, So he's a fellow Patrick, so I gotta like that, right? Yes. So this... The title alone was what did it for me. <laughs> uh, a hunter claims he caught a naked alien on camera <gasps> in a notorious UFO hotspot. Whoa. So the story behind this Okay, when we
0: said explicit content, yeah, right? oh my goodness. Naked
1: aliens. <laughs> so um this was taken in Montana. Okay. And in this area it's called it's called Redgate. And I guess there's a lot of a lot of like ufo activity out there. Okay. Um and it this was by a hunter named Donald Bromley and he snapped these pictures uh in that area and he believes that it proves that there is aliens. And he you know he took a while to look at it and he said that you know at first he thought it it was on his um it was on his um trail trail camera. Okay. So we had a listener before that was, you know, sending us shots like this. Um, but this one is really interesting, though. Really interesting. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the picture. I
0: haven't, but I'm going to. Yeah.
1: So um, he said that he can tell it's an alien because of the bulbous head. Okay. And I always love the term bulbous <laughs> and everything, but that the alien appears to not be wearing any clothes. Now, I don't remember seeing any alien pictures of of uh, aliens with clothes on. But he said that it's like translucent almost.
0: I guess. So looking at it, I mean... I don't know. It almost looks like there could be pants there. It's hard to
1: tell. Yeah, I I don't know. It almost looks like he's got a gun on the side of him or something. Like he's packing.
0: He's got something, but it's a little higher we'll than. I, it's a little higher up than it would be anything. <laughs> uh, it's like to, the waistline. It is yeah. the waistline. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, that is. I mean, no. It definitely has an alien look to it, though, for sure.
1: Yeah, and he said the more I look at it, it was just odd. It was out of place and everything just matches the alien persona, the bigger bulbous head. You can tell he has no clothes. It's kind of a transparent being.
0: Mm-hmm. The weird mouth shape.
1: Yeah. He said it's just very rich in paranormal field, like the UFO, lights in the sky, un- unexplainable things. Wow. So this is what he said. They are actually doing a documentary on the Red Gate area. Oh. So that's something to be looking for in the future.
0: Yeah, you never know. We might uh, have another alien-based episode. At now, some this point.
1: particular area, also, there was um, there was a bad thing that happened here. Um, there was a there was a homesteader that like took over this land and killed somebody and put the blood on the door. Or oh something my like goodness. That. Yeah, it was really it was really uh odd. And this happened in this area. Oh. In in the in the Redgate area. So it's something to definitely keep an eye on and you know, I'm really interested to see this documentary when it comes out because I want to see Naked Aliens. <laughs> And if you want to see Naked Aliens, you can go to their OnlyFans page (laughs) over at OnlyFans.com slash Aliens.
0: Okay, very nice. I'm sure there is
1: a page that, so I have no (laughs) idea what that is, just so you know.
0: We will set up some show notes for this episode, and we'll have these links on there. And And not
1: the OnlyFans link.
0: Not the OnlyFans link. I don't know if that
1: really exists.
0: But you can see this particular picture. Yes. All right. Well, I've got another story here. This one I had to pick. I actually heard this. Uh, the, it was a, maybe a week or so ago. Um, and it takes place in Illinois. And you know, that's mm. uh, that's where we, we live. So that was exciting. Um, so actually, this one uh, was just updated today yesterday sorry yesterday by uh this is uh becky uh wilkie um in uh, this is fox 2 now um but though it's been in a lot of a lot of places um there was a a very credible quote very reliable excuse me sighting near um uh sasquatch hotspot mm. in illinois okay so um so he's been um spotted uh this was back in November, November 27th. Mm-hmm. Um they spoke so right to right around Thanksgiving. Right around Thanksgiving. So this is near Ch- the town of Chandlerville on Route 78. Oh my 78. God, Chandler
1: has his own town? Chandler
0: has his own town. Could that Nobody's, be any crazier? <laughs>
1: nobody ever smiles in that town. Uh. <laughs> no, no,
0: they smile, just not, they can't when they're taking a picture. Yeah,
1: they just look constipated <laughs>
0: when they smile, so. uh, Near the Sangamon River. Um, so he, the witness says, he, so he was driving and he saw a very large animal jump into the road about 40 yards ahead of his vehicle. He said when the animal hit the road, he could see very large legs spread wide with large swinging hairy arms. Whoa. He said he it leapt across the road like in <laughs> in two jumps. Could you do that?
1: No, I can't do two jumps. Okay.
0: No. Um, he said he only saw it for a few seconds, but it was very large. And even though it was hunched over, it was nearly wider than his car. He said it blocked out the lights of the car ahead of him. So now I hey, want to know.
1: Hey, hey, this is fat shaming. Hey, okay.
0: this is a big set. Hey, listen, Sasquatch. is naturally this is the size. Okay. We don't know that he's overweight.
1: All right. He's just this well, no, size. well, no fat shaming. This, this poor Sasquatch
0: but i wonder the car ahead of him did they see it i don't know i don't there's no report of that just this this guy um he said but he said he, the witness says he later found out from his coworkers that other hunters fishermen barge operators have reported sightings mm. of bigfoot or sasquatch in this area so uh you know he wasn't the first
1: yeah, to I, to I, report this i have heard that there has been sightings in uh illinois so um uh, but i want to know What are your thoughts about, could there be a Bigfoot?
0: I I don't think there's a Bigfoot.
1: Like, ever? I
0: mean, I'm sorry. Like, there could be a really big, naturally large bear. Okay. Sure. You know, I mean, maybe, especially if you're someone that doesn't see those things a lot, and you I would say it's probably a
1: skinnier bear, though, right? Because they... They have more like human like look to them. So
0: I don't know. He just he called it an animal uh, and but he just thought it was like too big. And it was again in two jumps, you know, made it across. But, yeah. it, you know, he didn't describe anything humanoid necessarily mm. about it. I don't know. I'm. I, it's funny. You know, again, this is one of those where we we switch roles a little bit.
1: Wait, no, I don't know if I would say that because here's the thing. I would love to believe that there is such a thing as a Bigfoot. And, you know, they're constantly finding new species and stuff. But these new species are usually pretty small and they're usually in in water. Um, and all these Bigfoot shows, you would think at some point, like... I know that the Bigfoot shows are not real because it's never been on the news like, hey, we've got final proof of there being Bigfoot, you know? (laughs) So that's why I, you know, am like, I don't believe in that.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know. I I have a hard time. I mean, I guess, you know, you could uh, on a whole, there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings out there. So maybe there's some some species that we're not aware of, but it just seems like we would have seen one, or or one of them would have broken ranks and come to talk broken to ranks. one of us. I, well, sometimes you watch those shows, and they're like, you know, the squatches. They like to keep out of the world of man, and they blah blah blah. They like. <laughs>
1: well, I I heard Jack Chavez talk about um, the Sasquatch one one time, and uh, I believe he he thinks that they are intelligent beings too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, I mean, the typical Bigfoot that you think of is not like, like, I wouldn't think that it can talk to you or anything like that.
0: <laughs> no, so. I've thought that I've yeah. assumed that that's what people were talking oh, about. Okay. That they so were intelligent. They talk no, I can. That is what I have been told. That oh, okay. is what they are. I don't believe that though. Hmm, I don't, I think if that was the case, we would have talked to one by now. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Was well, did you got another story yeah, for us? Yeah, I do.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and this one is, um, this one was posted in the New York Post. So it's pretty reputable. I, I would mean,
0: think so. And it was shared on uh, Society.
1: Oh, yeah. It was shared on Society. And it's not something that ghostly listeners are unaware of or anything like that. Um, so they re- revealed the boy from The Exorcist. Remember, it is actually a boy, not a girl. Yes. That the original story came from was Ronald Hunclear. Now, if you go back and you listen to our um uh, exorcist episode, uh I did say that it's Ronald Hunclear. And actually that is like for our website, that is what brings in the most amount of people.
0: Yeah, it's the most searched
1: term. We used to be on the front page when and whenever someone would google Ronald Hunclear. Yeah. So, um and we did say that he worked for NASA, which is something that came out. Uh, actually, it said that he worked on the, um, what was it, the Apollo project? I think something? so. Yeah, yeah. He he worked on that. Um, but uh, so this is not really news for us. We knew this a couple years ago. I mean that that episode's a couple years old now, and um, we exposed it. I don't want to say we we said it first. No, but. Um, definitely we said it before it was, you know, um, proven to be. Well, reported
0: and, that this is what he said.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I guess the story goes that he was telling a friend before he passed away because he recently passed away mm-hmm. and uh, he was telling a friend that the story was based upon him and that it was not based upon fact. Yeah. Now I will say I have something else to add to this.
0: Okay. So do I.
1: That back around that episode we got an email from somebody that claimed to be a family member oh you have oh, the email? yeah
0: that's what i was going to share yeah okay this but was, they do
1: say to, yeah, to this is anonymous is. yeah anonymous, yeah
0: this is anonymous yeah. and actually we got this back in june of, of last year so yeah. it was a little okay. bit after the episode okay. but that's but but yeah so okay so she this this anonymous listener we've actually read her her ghost stories anonymously on uh episodes but This was a comment also. Um, Okay, so now it's time for what is probably most interesting. So as I said before, I am somehow related to Ronald Hunkleer? Hunklear? I don't know how to say his name. Sorry. Uh, He is uh, is my great-grandpa. He is not my DNA great-grandpa, but I like to think of him that way because he is my stepmom's grandpa and she is like a real mom to me. Anyway, sadly, I don't know much about him because my grandpa didn't have the greatest relationship with him. I know that Ronald Hunklear just recently died in 2020. I remember my parents and Papa Mike, my grandpa, talking about it. I know Papa Mike thinks the whole exorcism thing was a hoax because Ronald wanted attention. Sorry, I don't have any more information about that, but I thought you guys would like to know what I know. You can share anything you like. Just keep it anonymous. Love your podcast so much and thank you for reading.
1: Yeah. So that was really interesting. And sometimes, you know, we get these things that we can't really talk about or don't, doesn't fit into our regular episode. But uh, I I wanted to talk about that on Ghostly X because of this, because, you know, we actually got this email before all this broke and everything. Yep and now i don't know about his offspring ronald's offspring i right. know that he had one kid for sure and mm-hmm. that one kid's name was michael because he named it after after the um, after the angel that oh right that you know the and exorcism and papa had.
0: mike we just heard papa mike in yeah. that story so I, that so, that checks it out a little bit
1: yeah absolutely so wow
0: yeah. and this is the what we're hoping with the ghostly X. We, we you know we get a lot of um uh mail and comments and and they they don't always fit in like a listener ghost story yeah. we still want those ghost stories if please if you have a ghost story send it to me at com. but we also love all of the other things that you have to say and we're so excited to have a place where we can share
1: absolutely that. and so it feels so good to be validated a little bit. <laughs> I mean, these newspaper art articles could have given us a little credit there. A
0: uh, little bit, right? For yeah, announcing it before exactly. they did. Exactly. anyway.
1: So you have another one, right? I do.
0: I have one more here okay. for us. Um, now, this is a little different. So this is from um, uh, uh, Snap uh, Snap Judgment, um, which is, uh, this is like a radio, well, this is from a radio station station. Um, k-u-e-r 90.1 um but uh looks like it was they also um have some um um podcasts on there too uh but anyways cia program sorry cia paranormal program finds new life in utah this is by
1: they've actually found life in utah
0: now (laughs) new (laughs)
1: life (laughs) Okay, sorry. Justin
0: Higginbottom uh, Ooh, wrote this name. in uh, <laughs> uh, August. That sounds like a Harry Potter name. <laughs> uh, yes, it does. Uh, August 20th, 2021. And it's just a short thing, but I just thought this was super interesting. He is talking about um, Paul Smith has a psychic school. Okay. That is located in Cedar City, in Utah, um, and it's basically and, and and this this is not necessarily a new thing, but I had never heard of it before. It's called remote viewing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You've never heard of that?
0: I think I have, but like this, just not like this. So it's a new school that he opened up, remote viewing instructional services, and he first learned this as a part of as at, like in this when he was in the CIA. Mm-hmm. And so he claims that his Uh, version of this is like the most legit.
1: Well, I do know that the CIA was working on that because they wanted to be able to um, get information about locations and stuff. Yes,
0: it's ESP, right? And it was called Stargate, I think, was the program.
1: So, yeah. So what they do in a lot of these things is it's either through meditation or through sleeping that they try to project themselves in another location
0: Oh, that is not what this is. Oh, okay. or it's, it's similar, I guess, but it that's interesting though.
1: That's what it's supposed to be. Oh, know.
0: well, this one, it says, uh, is okay, is a remote viewing is a form of extrasensory perception where practitioners learn to describe an object. Which might be on the other side of the world without using any of their five senses. So maybe part of that is they're that's, kind of projecting themselves there and then like reporting. That's one of the
1: exercises. Them okay.
0: Yeah. So basically, in his version, a manager gives a viewer an arbitrary number mm-hmm. and it represents a target that could be anything from the Eiffel Tower to a terrorist location. But the student doesn't know what that is. The viewer then listens to the number and then Something happens, he says. Mm. <laughs> um, he doesn't, even Smith says he doesn't know exactly what happens. But basically, the students quickly sketch the target and before them on paper appears whatever impression they received. Mm. Um, I teach them how to get that number and then how their subconscious goes and finds out what that target is from um, or, or, uh, or find out finds out what the target is from that. There's a little hand-waving that goes on here because we don't know exactly how it works, but it does work if you set up people in the right circumstances.
1: Interesting. Well, I hope they teach them how to draw too because- I mean, if I would if if I was to sketch out a horse for you, you would probably look at that and not know it's a horse.
0: I Same for me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so they, you know, the again, the CAA, the military does not do the program anymore. Um, but there is a big industry, I guess, a growing industry, I should say, of schools that can teach you this. Uh, you know, again, he you know, and his students are all over the world. They don't have to be in Utah. It's mm-hmm. a three thousand dollars. Oh, or a week it? long program. Oh, we should do it. I mean, sure. It just needs some more Patreons for that. Yeah,
1: ghostly listeners, <laughs> if you want to see us go to Utah and do this course.
0: But it's interesting because they so it's like people give a lot of reasons, you know, like for why they want to do this. Um, but uh, one that was kind of interesting is just this idea of sh- that it shows our potential as humans that that there's things beyond the regular science that we know and that yeah. we have a lot of abilities.
1: Um, well, I don't know. It's just interesting. The theory behind it is, has to do with like the, us using 10% of our brains, mm-hmm. you know, in any given time. And when we are in another state, we might be able to use more. Mm-hmm. And using them more might be able to, like people think it unlocks like superpowers or something <laughs> like that. Like you level up or something, you know, mm-hmm. and you get these, super superpowers that you can do these kind of things but I mean my thing with this too is the CIA stopped doing it for a reason and that reason is that they found it not to be accurate (laughs) or
0: not helpful
1: yeah exactly
0: Well, I don't know. It seems like uh, people feel like it does do something. I'm not sure exactly what. Oh,
1: I'm sure it does something. There's like... It takes $3,000 out of their checking account. Well,
0: it was interesting. One other thing they talked about in there is how it... There's like an investing group. People use it to try to do investments, but they didn't report how successful they were with investing. So that was interesting to me. Um, That should be against the law. Right? It seems a little bit suspicious. Uh, Anyway, so... um, Okay, there you go. Paranormal ESP school.
1: <laughs>
0: nice, nice. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna um, move on to our interview for today. I'm nervous. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's gonna be fun. Um, so I, we hope uh that you enjoyed our comments and hope that you enjoyed the stories and uh let's uh let's hear the interview. All right. right, it's time for our first Ghostly X interview. We have a very interesting... I'm nervous. ...subject with us today. And I'm calling... Subject, Subject, (laughs) yes. It's an experiment. Yeah, this is definitely an experiment. (laughs) It feels like the Ghostly X, like we're in a lab. (laughs) And we're experimenting with all of our extra things. No, I... (laughs) We uh, uh, we decided to start our ghostly interview series with uh, interviewing each other.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a good idea.
0: I, I think so too. We want to get to let you help get to know each other better. Have you guys get to know us better, uh, and then we'll be ready to get to know more people better. Yeah, there you go. That's the goal. So, uh we have our our favorite ghostly skeptic hmm. in the interview. Hot Besides seat today. Nick. No, no, you are.
1: Oh, I am the favorite. The favorite. Wow. Sorry, Nick.
0: Well, I mean, maybe Hickney. I don't know.
1: H- Hickney's not really a skeptic, though. That's
0: true. He's kind of a believer. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But anyways, well, well, yes, you're our favorite.
1: All right. And
0: so. Uh, so I'm just gonna start with a real softball. Okay. I don't know if it is. I I actually we're gonna find out. Um, tell me about yourself. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Why don't you start out? Um, maybe just give us a little bit of, of your background, kind of where you grew up, w- oh. what's going on, as you know, whatever you feel like sharing. Yeah. Uh, with that, whatever you think might be helpful for us to understand, because listeners, we want to know how. In the world, this person is a skeptic.
1: <laughs>
0: this is what we're really trying to get to. But let's start Ooh. at the beginning. So, yeah. What, what can you tell us about uh, your with Southsider-ness?
1: Yeah. All right. So, first, before I begin, okay, I want to state that I think everybody has their own path in life. Everybody has their own beliefs, and they're all okay, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I believe that everything is okay. And especially not hurting yourself. You know, that's really a big thing that people don't take into account a lot. I, I am not here to bash any religion or anything like that. But mine is a tale that does cover a lot of, you know, jumping from religions. So, All right.
0: Um, we have a tale, everybody. Yeah, I'm we excited. have a tale.
1: <laughs> so let me just start off by... Saying that when I was born, I was born in a Catholic hospital, right? Um, my mother worked there for 30 years, and she gave birth to me at the hospital. And um, I was born in a Catholic hospital. Um, I was baptized Lutheran. Okay. And I, the, the closest church to where we lived when I was growing up because we moved at when I was about the age of two, was a Baptist church. So my parents did not care what denomination I was, just wanted me to grow up with some morals, you know, and to attend a church. And I got to say, I loved it. I loved going to church. I was excited every Sunday. I was not that kid that was like, I don't want to go. I was excited for it. And when they would have like, in the summer they would have like a summer camp kind of thing i i enjoyed that even more you know i get to go to church more and i i still to this day love going into churches because i love that feeling that you get when you're there being around people of faith and community and how pleasant people are to each other and the singing of the songs and the just the feeling of of hopefulness that you get when you're when you're at a church, so I spent most of my life going to Baptist church, and um, occasionally I would go to a Lutheran church. Um, my cousin was Lutheran, and just because that was his closest place, and he went to that school, that he was like it was it was a school and a church. So he went to that school, so he would attend the church. So when I would spend the night over by his house, I would just attend his church and learn different things from like a Lutheran background. Um, And I did this throughout my whole childhood. Um, You know, there was a point when I started asking questions and those questions could not really be answered. You know, these are deep philosophical questions that that a kid would come up with. Like, why, you know? (laughs) and who created God, and, you know, those kind of questions. Every every person of faith has had these questions at some time, and how they answer them are probably entirely different than how I interpreted them. Um, then, did you
0: ask those questions of anybody, or just kind of have them yes. in your mind?
1: Yeah, I did. I, I asked those questions, and I don't know. I mean, it just made me question things, you know, and like— finding out that a lot of these fairy tales that you grew up with were just that fairy tales and they weren't real dragons, weren't real, you know, made me skeptical about a lot of things. It made me skeptical that maybe, you know, because my parents didn't really attend the church unless they, unless I was doing something at the church or that they, you know, it was like a special event or something like that. Um, so maybe they're just sending me here and maybe this is them, you know, Maybe this is like another Santa, you know? Um I, I don't know. I
0: don't know what you're talking about with the Santa <laughs> thing. I mean, that is a true story. I but know. I'm just saying, though. It's like <laughs> it
1: made me made me question more. And um but I still loved the idea of going to church. I remember one time, you know, I was I was a bit of a bit of a class clown a lot. I don't know if you could tell that about me. (laughs) Uh, So I was joking around, you know, when they were giving a lesson and they said, well, if you think you know it so well, why don't you teach the class? Mm. And I stood up and I did. There you go. I knew the story that they were going to tell. And so I I taught my Sunday school class that day. (laughs) And I think I did a decent job. I mean, I probably didn't do as well as the teacher would have, but I mean... I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to do this, so I'm going to do it. In fact, growing up, I wanted to be a saint. Oh. Like, you know, you have these things that you want to be. Well, my name is Patrick, so I was like, I'm going to be St. Patrick. <laughs> and that's just what I, like, people would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a saint.
0: Wow. Wow. That's a lofty goal.
1: That was going to be my profession. Yes. I was going to be a professional saint. Well,
0: I mean, if you're a saint, I think if you were officially named a saint somehow while you were still alive. It doesn't happen often. (laughs) It doesn't happen often. I think you could have turned that into a career. I I, I I probably could have. And maybe
1: I still can. Who knows? It's uh, Everything's possible. So that is the foundation of who I was then. And at the age of 13... And I might get a little emotional here. Um, my father passed away. He died of pancreatic cancer. And it was a long struggle. It was... Um, he had it for a year and a half. And throughout that year and a half, I was one of his primary caregivers, even though I was 12 or 13 years old, you know. Um, but that was my goal. Like, I didn't want to see my friends. I didn't want to be a part of that. My, my best friend was dying and that's what I knew him as. I knew him as my best friend. He was the Batman to be me being Robin and, and now you're Robin, right? So, I mean,
0: I'm Robin. Oh yeah. Right. Cause yes. I'm the Batman. That's no. okay. All right. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, it was really hard for me. I lost all my friends doing that because I gave up on them. I didn't do anything for like a whole summer. I, I stayed with my father as much as possible. I think I saw them once during that time. I think I went to a sleepover and I I wasn't feeling it then too. And um, it was really hard watching him, watching him pass away. Um, I was there when he did, when he died. I was in the hospital and uh, we, we called the paramedics. The paramedics came, they got him. And we rode with the paramedics and then the um, the one paramedic didn't want me to witness my father dying. Mm. So said, hey, I think I left my um, I think I left my clipboard at your house. Can we go back and get it? Mm. And I was like, all right, fine. Let's hurry up. You know, and we went back there and, you know, the car ride. He's like, you know, your dad's not not in good shape right now. And he was really nice, you know, like it came from a very loving place and I really appreciate it. Although, you know, I wanted to spend every minute with my dad, so, um, it was kind of lost to me at that, at that age. And I got back in time to watch as his pulse slowly, slowly went down. And as I would say words, his pulse would, would increase. It was like he was still hearing me. Mm -hmm. He was still reacting to what I was saying. And um, I remember the moment that it got below like 20 Mm -hmm. or so, my mom looked at me and said, it's time for you to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. And I went, dad, I love, and nothing else could come out. I started bawling. Mm -hmm. And I never got a chance to say goodbye. And people will tell you, he knows, but still there's this longing for me to say goodbye, to tell him that I love him one last time. We didn't really do that much, you know, as a family. We didn't like tell each other that we love each other much. It wasn't very Southside, you know, <laughs> Southside, Southsiders have no love. We're not supposed to. We're, we're hardcore, you know. Um, So it was, it was really rough for me. And it changed me completely. I look back at that time before my father died as a totally different person that I just happened to have all the memories of. Like, I don't recall doing this, but I know that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. It's like I read a book about it or something, you know, and I know all the details. I just don't feel like it was me that did it.
0: I bet a lot of people can connect to that.
1: Grief is really difficult and it, it's, it's been a process for me. Mm-hmm. Grief is, I, I, I still deal with bouts of grief. I'm not, I, I don't get depressed very often. I'm more of an anxious person. Um, and it, you know, it's like, I think they say that I, well, I've heard this. I don't know if it's true, but anxiety is uh depression that's suppressed. Mm. And I don't know if I believe that, but it could be because of the grief that I've gone through that I was never able to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking my mother if I could see a psychiatrist, you know, because I was like, I'm just not dealing with this right. I knew. I knew at that time. And my mother did not believe in going to a psychiatrist, nor did we really have the money. Sure. We're in now a single income family. Mm -hmm. And, um it was it was tough. It was really tough. And it changed me completely. And uh, that kid that was excited to go to church wasn't so excited anymore about it. And I turned to other things. I wanted to escape from this. So the first thing is I went to a Catholic high school. And um, I really started to gravitate more towards the catholic belief system at that time. It wasn't totally there, there were some problems that I had with it, but it was some kind of thing for me to do and we all need these kind of things, right? Something to put us in line, to keep us in order, to give us a like a list of t- things to do, <laughs> you know? And so I I did that and that didn't last very long. Mm.
0: I do think a lot of people, I, I was not raised Catholic, but I know there is a lot of order when you say that, that kind of strikes me a little bit of like, there's like some sort mm-hmm. of comfort in knowing like, well, there if is. I say these things and I do these yeah. things, this is what Absolutely. the result is.
1: Absolutely. And you can go to confession, you know, in other denominations, confession is not the same way where, I mean, it's such a relief to get those off of you. Now, I had gone to confession I did not make my communion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, was, I mean, I wasn't that far into it that I went to, like, the CED classes and all that and, and learned to do that. But I was, you know, I was embracing it on my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, something kind of changed. Actually, I met Cardinal Bernadine. Oh. Yeah, you know, the cardinal that was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he he died of cancer later on.
0: Yes. Very beloved
1: in Chicago. He was. And you know, I would say for most people, he was a very great guy. But I remember he came to my church and which was my school. (laughs) So it was like really weird. And we would go to this other building for that and it was like a long walk. It was like we were walking like a mile to get to the church and we went in there and I was running a little bit late. And uh, he had started walking down and I was walking down the aisle in front, you know, like I could see them coming and I tripped and I fell. And he kind of mumbled something under his breath, like, what is this kid doing? <laughs> and I don't know. That was just like, I don't know. I was like this beloved man. I I, I see him as a human being now, Ah, you know, okay. and it wasn't like he was a representation of god anymore to me then i guess i don't know hmm. but then i i always felt that like when i would pray i wouldn't pray to god after my father passed away i would pray to my dad and this was my way of communicating with him and i would do it often and i would sit there and you know have a conversation with my dad but that was my prayer if that makes sense it does yeah, so um, I did that for a long time. And I felt like this strong bond, like I had the superpower that I could communicate with somebody that had passed on. And I felt like he would answer sometimes in dreams and stuff like that. I had a lot of dreams, you know, about my father after he passed. And um, I wanted, I, I yearned for this. You know, I wanted... So badly to to communicate with him again, because I mean there was a lot of things at the age of twelve, thirteen years old that I was, that I am now, that I wanted him to see. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to see progress in me. I wanted wanted him to know that I shaved. <laughs> I <laughs> wanted him to know o- other things. Yeah, and yes, probably looking at me, you don't think I've ever shaved, like, but, no, I, but I yeah. have. <laughs> um, so that was that was where i was at and i wanted to speak with them so i remember calling on on the phone i remember calling this um this christian spiritualist church that was on the north side of chicago and i remember you know asking them questions and them talking to me and they were very nice very very nice and they said well we'll add you to our mailing list And uh, they did. And I would receive these things once a month, these little pamphlets, and I would get so excited whenever I would see it, and I would read it like three or four times. I was so, so excited for this. This was the answer to me.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about what the Christian spiritualist religion is, and and why do you think you were so drawn to it?
1: Well, this particular one could communicate with people that have passed away, that that loved ones would give them messages. And it was like a seance kind of thing. It was like someone would stand there and tell you that these people are talking to you. Okay. You know, and um, so I was so excited. And um, I'm a high school dropout. Dropped out of high school, so I couldn't get my license until I was like 19 years old. And when I turned 19 years old, one of the first weekends that I was available, because I work too, I was like, I'm going to go to this church. And I talked my cousin into going with me. And it was my cousin and his girlfriend. And um, my cousin is somebody, we all, we all have this person that make us giggle, right? <laughs> if they laugh, you laugh. Yes. Like when I laugh, you laugh. That's how it goes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but so, you know, he he always had a way of making me laugh and giggle and in the most inappropriate times. And we went to this church and they read out like, you know, it was just like a normal service, but then all of a sudden they're like, Okay, we're gonna have a medium talk to you. And they picked us out of the congregation and they said to my cousin, that he was looking for a job or something, which it was ridiculous. He wasn't looking for a job. And they said to his girlfriend that she had a gambling problem.
0: <laughs> wow, that's very specific. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't remember what they said to me, but it was like totally ridiculous. It's like, no, that's not true. Mm. Or that I've, I was having problems with the law. And I was like, I I'm, I'm a good I'm a good breaking kid. Breaking the
0: law. Breaking yeah. the law.
1: I used to wear a big biker <laughs> leather jacket though. Ah, so I see. A lot of times when I would go to these like tarot card readings and stuff like that, they would always tell me this. <laughs> issues with the law. It's like, no, I'm a good kid. I just wear a leather jacket. You know, it's <laughs> it's a biker jacket. I don't know. Um so they told me that and then something embarrassing happened. Um, and I feel so bad for this. um a mentally challenged person was singing a hymn, you know, and had my cousin not have been there, I would have found the beauty in that. I would have found that that is just so awesome, you know, and that I could feel some spiritualist spirit- spirit in that, you know. But because my cousin's there and my cousin's giggling, I couldn't help but to giggle. And I wasn't laughing at her so much. I was laughing at my cousin laughing. And, you know, I was hitting him and stuff to get him to stop, and he wouldn't. And then I wouldn't. And I think I make him giggle like that, too. So there we are. It's like, you know, once we get started, it's hard to stop. Well, we got kicked out of this church. (laughs) And as
0: you should have, been. they stopped
1: mailing me stuff right after that day.
0: Yeah. I, I I think they did they did they made the right choice. I
1: mean, they didn't even know I was coming. <laughs> I don't know how they knew. Maybe, you know, the spirits told them that, oh, that this is the guy, take him off the mailing list. So I, I don't know, but I, I feel really embarrassed for that. Well,
0: uh, I, I hope that this sharing of this story has been cathartic for you.
1: Well, I mean, I just want to tell the story. That's yeah. all. You know, I just want to get it out there. And I I mean, there are some things that I'm ashamed of in this story, but it is part of my story. So I'm going to tell it, you know. Gotcha. Um,
0: so was this church then not for you or did you find another, or I guess, did you find another spiritualist church or had, did you decide this was not for you?
1: I, I decided this wasn't for me okay. at that moment. Um, I, I struggled with it. And around that time, I started to date this girl and she was she was Wiccan. And, you know, she would try to get me to do stuff that was Wiccan. And I was like, "Ah, I don't believe in this, you know, whatever. And then like after we had broken up, that's when I was like, no, I think I might be this.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So while you were with her, yeah. it was, oh, that's no, no, no. While and, I could have learned
1: from somebody, right. I chose not to.
0: Do you remember anything after the fact that you read or saw or just thought about that made you interested in finally, like, no, I guess maybe I am interested in this? I mean,
1: I could probably tell you a million different things, but the real, like, if I look back now and I try to figure it out, it was to communicate with my dad. It was because I found a way that there was some way that I can communicate with my dad through this. So I started studying now to become, and I was like a, like a solitary witch. Um,
0: So you didn't have a coven?
1: No, not at the time. Okay. And I was solitaire. So you have to wait a year and a day from the, the part where you start this path. To to initiate yourself.
0: Okay. Did you read that in a book?
1: Yeah, I read it in a book by Scott Cunningham. I think it's called The Solitary Practitioner. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but I, I I think that's the name of the book. I read a lot of Scott Cunningham. He was he was like a hero of mine back in those days, and then I went on to explore other things too. But that's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um so i so I did all the studying, I planned out everything, and a year in the- and a day later, I got a tattoo and it was a pentagram and it's on my left arm, and I planned out the tattoo that I wanted. I waited until that day to do it, and then I did a ritual for the first time ever, you know um and in this ritual i declared myself to the god and goddess um and you have to like usually pick a deity and stuff but essentially all what it boils down to what they say is that all deities are the same deity and all you know it, it's just these are different representations of them hmm. and i viewed it as this i viewed it as they don't really exist they're just energy that we put forth into the world, and energy cannot be destroyed. So, therefore, this energy manifests into these things. That, um, so I, I don't, I didn't see them as being like the same as like a Christian would see Jesus or God. I saw them as something different. For some reason, I did.
0: Okay. Now, so that year in a day, you didn't do any rituals or I didn't do
1: any rituals but I studied. You just
0: read and studied. Did you go to any rituals or no. other things? Okay.
1: No, and you know, it was not easy to find these kind of things back in those days. Uh it wasn't something that not everybody was out of the broom closet they call it, you ah. know. <laughs> um, so it was very difficult to find and I was young, you know, so uh, it was it was it was hard. But on that year and a day, so I did my ritual, you know, you, you take like a sacred bath and stuff, putting essential oils in the bath and, you know, like I dressed in a robe and stuff and I. What
0: color was the robe?
1: Probably black. Okay. I like black, although it could have been purple. But those Uh, colors have
0: significance on this day.
1: Not to me necessarily. That I didn't plan that part out so much. Okay, it's just what I had, and I had all my tools. So in that year and a day, I gathered all my tools: my cauldron, my my ethane.
0: Okay, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I was thinking of like tools, like candles. Yes, yeah. Essential oils. Yes. Incense, maybe, or something. Uh, An afame, or something, maybe, or something. But a cauldron. Yeah. No, that was not on my list. I had list. a
1: cauldron. I, you know, had a lot of things, you know, you'd be surprised if you <laughs> oh, saw my Actually
0: knowing you, I'm not surprised. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had all my witchy stuff, you know. And when
0: when Pat decides that he's gonna go into something, yeah, he's going into it.
1: I do. I go I go head first into it and, <laughs> and I don't look back. So I had all my tools out and I, you know, was using all the stuff. I had my wand. I had.
0: Okay. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It keeps getting better. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I know. And I'm not, I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean because I, obviously this is a, this is a religion that is, a lot of people yeah. follow. It's, it is, there's, there's a lot to it. I think your energy theory, there's a lot there. And I, I have definitely heard some, some very um good stories about it. I just, again, of my picturing for you, knowing you, this is where I'm like, wow, I, that would not be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways.
1: Sorry. Now a good preface of this story was that I was really interested in Zen Buddhism. I I had studied it a little bit, you know, and at times I was like, am I Wiccan? Am I Zen Buddhist? And at this day I was like, nope, I am devoting myself to being Wiccan. Okay. um, And so i did all that nothing happened you know um went to sleep and then i had this dream and this dream was really like very realistic to me it was one of those kind of dreams where you like wake up and you have to do like a double take to make sure that you're actually you know that you're not still asleep or that you weren't awake through that whole thing
0: Mm.
1: and um The goddess came to me in the dream and said that she refused me because she said, you're just going to go to Buddhism. And I said, no, I'm not. I was mad. I was like really mad at the goddess for this. And I was like, I got this tattoo. I've devoted myself. I bought all the tools. (laughs) I did all the things. And then I woke up and all of a sudden I had this peaceful feeling like, okay, we accept you. So it was like, it was you like a convinced test. I convinced them. the goddess, Okay, you know, this is what my mind was thinking <laughs> at the time. And I know it seems weird, but this is, I'm going to tell you straightforward what I went through.
0: Okay. So, so far, no skeptics. No, ism No, no, no. Okay. We have a
1: ways to go before that. Okay. It's a long, it's a long path. Okay. Now remember, as I said, I'm not bashing any religions. I just know that everybody has their own path and you need to discover your own path. And it's not just that your parents are this or that. You need to, at some point, say, no, this is what I want, even if it is what they are. My mom thought I was nuts. You know, she's <laughs> like, whatever, you know. And,
0: oh, Pat, is that, yeah. was there a lot of that?
1: Probably, you okay. know, like I said, hey, I got a tattoo of a pentagram. She goes, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. My first tattoo was actually an ankh, which is ah. the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphic, meaning the symbol of life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I got that too, she's like, yeah, that seems like something you would do. <laughs> Not supportive <laughs> in that, but just like, yeah, all right.
0: Well, not not supportive. No, I no, could no. See she was things. not. She was. Yeah. She
1: was. It's my body. I do with it what I want. So, mm-hmm. um. But also during this time, I, I, I struggled a lot. I was doing a lot of things that weren't within my character. For instance, like me growing up in this Baptist church, like first time I heard Metallica one. I was like, this is like wrong.
0: Devil music.
1: I don't know if I went that far (laughs) because I I always had this thing where I'm just like, no, I don't know if it's that far, but this just feels evil to me in some way. But after this, I started listening to more Metallica and started actually before that I started listening to more Metallica. When I was breaking away from the church, I started to do these kind of things and I started to adapt to it and I started doing some illegal substances. Mm. Um,
0: this is Ghostly X. This is Ghostly X. So disclaimer. we can talk about, you know, some things that maybe yeah. we don't always talk about on regular Ghostly.
1: Yeah. Um. So I, but it was never me, you know, it never felt like me. And about the age of 21, I decided, once I was able to get into bars and stuff, I was like, you know what, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't like this. I don't want to do these illegal substances. It's not me. I don't feel like me when I do it. I feel like some lesser version of myself. And I don't hold it against people that do these kind of things or that drink or do anything. It's just not me. I just don't like something that alters me to a lesser version of myself. If it's going to alter me to to a better version of myself, that sounds great, but it never seemed to do that for me. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, here I am. I'm Wiccan now, and things are going okay-ish. Um, and then, um, at about the age of 25, um, my mother my mother died. Uh, now, she had gotten a kidney transplant, which is kind of funny because I need a kidney transplant, and it's got nothing to do with the reason she needed one. Yeah just it's very ironic odd. yeah mm-hmm. uh don't you think uh, <laughs> anyways um and uh she passed away and i was devastated um you know i i hadn't moved out of the house yet i was 25 years old still living at home um and my mother told me that um when a when a boy's mother dies that they will get married within 6 months and i always told her that's ridiculous but that's what i did and i got married she was actually a really a really good-hearted person um i still talk to her to this day she's still a really great friend i just you know think that we're we're better friends than anything else um but we got married in a church it just so happened to have a, it was a Unitarian church, but they had a pagan group that was there. Okay. So I got to experience rituals with other people.
0: Oh, so did you go, so how did you find the church, the Unitarian church?
1: Um, You know, I found it because the building it was in, it was a Castle that's on the south side of Chicago.
0: Okay. So the location. That
1: I had heard of, that I'd been to, that we we would go there sometimes and tell scary stories and try to spook each other out about some ex-murderer that was there or something. She'd probably tell you that this is all true. But, I mean, that's, you know, I had seen the place. And when wanting to get married, I was like, yeah, I want to do this, like, whole Celtic thing. I started really becoming more Celtic, more Druid. More, you know, like more into that kind of stuff than Wiccan per se. It's just like another denomination kind of of the same thing. Like you have your Lutherans and your Baptists and your Catholics. It's kind of like that. Just a little bit different.
0: But so you met, but then you found out they had this group Mm -hmm. of pagans and you, did they, did you, did you meet one?
1: Yeah, I met, I met the group and uh, we went to a ritual And then we went to this drum circle afterwards, and the drum circle was amazing. There's like, there was like 50 people, and we're all in this circle, and we're all playing drums, and the beat and the, it just, it was like, it, it like went into your body. You could feel it. It was like, not just hear it, but you could feel it. And it was so present, and the energy being drawn, and then the energy being, um, dismissed it was like you could feel all of that when the drums would intensify you'd feel your body feeling it more and then when they would go you know lighter you'd feel like okay it's more calm now and i loved it and i tried to do more rituals with them um they disbanded though and they're not the people that married us actually they just happened to be in this place that we were at (laughs) So, um, so then, you know, I, I longed for that kind of thing after it. Got
0: a taste of the group work.
1: And after I got divorced, um, things were not always going my way. You know, uh, I was struggling a lot. Um, I wasn't living alone. Uh I had this thing at the time when I would end a relationship I would start a relationship almost instantly it's it was a very bad pattern that I was in and it was very destructive to me and it was my own doing I craved being around somebody I never lived alone um so I wanted to seek out a coven and I found one and they were very nice And I started the process of going through the year and a day with them. And I had already had all this knowledge. See, I not only became pagan, but you have to understand that I don't do anything halfway. Okay. (laughs) I started an online pagan community that had thousands of people as members. Wow! Yeah. It was called Halls of Avalon. And I, I still use an email address that has that in it, um, because it was, it always meant something to me and it was my way of giving back. I never made a dime on it. I always tried to give back to the community that helped me. And we had a, we had like a message board on there, a forum. Um, you kids today aren't going to know what that is, but it was like, it's
0: kind of like Reddit.
1: Yeah. Maybe like a Reddit. Yeah. It's kind of like a Reddit. And, um, and I had moderators that worked with me, for me. I don't know what what, what to call it. Because they didn't make any money. Nobody made any money. We just, oh, we're just happy to do this. And they saw me as some kind of like hero sometimes. And I'm like, that's not me. I'm not a hero guy. I'm just doing this. So for me to join a coven then and then be told, okay, you need to learn. I'm like, I already know all this stuff. What do you mean I need to learn? And I'm telling you that this was so strict. I had to do a book report every month. <laughs> I had to buy certain materials. I had to um learn certain things. There were things that I was like some people are into crystals and some people are into this and that. I had to learn them all. And it was like I didn't get to choose, you know, what I was learning, which is fine. I wanted to learn. I said okay to it, you know. I knew going in And I went about (laughs) doing this. And over the course of this time, something happened to me. Not the skepticism yet. (laughs) It's coming, though. It's coming. I promise you.
0: Getting closer.
1: It's getting closer. Yeah. So I broke up with the girl I was living with. And I got into another relationship, just like I always did. But this relationship, didn't last. It was only like a six-week-long relationship. And she didn't move in with me, and the girl that I broke up with was leaving. So she left, and I was alone for the first time in my life. And it scared me. I mean, it scared me so bad, I didn't know what to do. And the girl that I was dating was friends with my friends. So she was part of the circle of friends. And that was a bad choice because you can't do that and have the relationship end and there be no repercussions from that. Mm -hmm. So my friends stopped talking to me. Even the best of my friends stop talking to me, and I needed someone at that time. I mean, this was the darkest days for me, The, the darkest I've ever been in my life, and I needed someone desperately, and I would talk to them occasionally, but it was nothing like, my friends had gone on to have families, and here I was, and I was living on the south side again, and living nowhere near anybody, nobody to talk to, nobody to hang out with. And I took this to mean that this girl meant more to me than she was, than she did. You know, um, like, I was ready to, and she, one of the reasons why she broke up with me is because I was a, I was a witch too.
0: So the girl, I'm so sorry, I just want to make sure because I feel like I'm falling behind <laughs> a little bit. So, you were living with a girl who was a friend of your friends, and when you broke up with her, yeah, and she moved out, then you started dating this girl that you she dated didn't move for six weeks right we- away, okay, okay, but you started seeing a girl the one for six weeks is yes. the one that broke up with you for being a witch a witch,
1: okay, and I was ready to throw away being a witch. Then I was like, I'll go back to church then, you know, we can go to church as a family and stuff and mm. I lost a piece of me in that, you know, and it seems weird to say because it was a six week long relationship. But at this time, I did not know who I was at all. Like, if you had asked me, what's your favorite color? I had no answer. What kind of furniture do you like? What kind of style do you like? I don't know. Because I was trying to like decorate my living room and I'm like, I don't know. What do I like? Do I like this couch? Do I like that couch? I don't know. I don't know what I like. I couldn't figure out anything. I was so lost. And I did have one friend that I talked to periodically. We would have this, uh, we would talk for a couple months and then we would lose contact for a little bit. And then we would talk again. And um she talked to me about a thing to challenge yourself every single day, to do something unique, to do something that you fear, to do something that you've never done before. Now I worked and I had to drive two hours to and from work. so That's four hours of a commute and eight hours a day. I I didn't have time to do that every single day, but I made a plan to do it once a week. And I didn't realize how much this would change my life. And I started a blog called Fear Alone, because I was fearful of being alone. I mean, this was something that just hit me so hard. I was not the kind of, like, I would call up my friends, and I would be like, hey, do you want to go to the movie on Saturday? And they would say, no, we're busy. So I wouldn't go to the movies. And that's something that needed to change in me. So I decided that for then on, I would not ask, do you want to go to the movie? I would say, I'm going to the movie on Saturday. Do you want to come along? And if they said no, I would still do it. Now, some of the challenges were really easy. Like, I feared Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> I know it seems ridiculous, but I feared Thai food. The idea of curry was just like, I I don't, like, it was like, I, I just feared it. I didn't want to try it. But I was like, nope, I'm going to go get Thai food one day. And, Another thing was going to the movies alone. You know, I had never done that. Never. Another thing was going out to a meal, sitting there by myself at a table. Little things like that. But these are things that I feared. And as I did this, you have to remember, this breaks down these these walls of your own limitations, of what you think your limitations are. Like, oh, I'm not the kind of person that can do that. Well, I'm gonna do it. And I did it. So one of my things was, you know, because I had studied Buddhism a little bit, I want to meditate with some Zen Buddhist.
0: Now at this point, had you made your year in a day, were you officially part of that coven? No. Okay. So this was while you were in that process. Yeah. Okay. I
1: was slowly backing away too at this point. Um, but I went to the Zen Buddhist. Um, and the reason why the coven thing didn't work for me so much is not because of who they are, because I love them. They are great people. I still associate with them. I still have not lost those contacts with them, but it's like they were a very small coven. So we would do stuff with the Unitarian church and it felt just like I was like going back. I wanted to just do stuff with them, not with this Unitarian church. I don't know, weird. But so, okay, so um, I went to this, I found this temple. It was on the north side of Chicago. I went there on a Sunday morning, really early. Like, I had to be there at like 8 o'clock in the morning, so I had to like wake up at like 6 to get ready for this. And for somebody that, you know, worked a lot, that was hard for me. I I enjoyed my Sunday sleeping in. But I went there and I learned how to meditate. And the Zen Buddhists have things different where you don't like stare at like a statue or you don't stare at like a candle lit. You stare at a wall when you meditate. You turn your back to everyone in the room and you stare at a wall so you are really alone.
0: You don't close your eyes?
1: You partially close them. You don't all you don't close them all all the way.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess some people do, but that's not what I was trained to do at that moment. Okay. Uh, I met the the head monk there. His name was Tygan, and he had experience with pagans. He had um, did a project with with one of the authors that I really enjoyed reading. So we hit it off really well, and he was able to communicate to me on a different level than. Than had he just been Buddhist, he was very open and he was very willing and not judgmental about my religion, which was rare for me. So I went and I meditated for, it was a half hour. And then we stood up and did this walking meditation and then we listened to him talk. And I remember my feet falling asleep and I remember having all kinds of issues. I remember one time I fell when I stood up because my feet were asleep and Tigan came over to try to help me. Now, Tigan is not a big man <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to pull you down and I don't know what you're wearing under these robes, so <laughs> no, you cannot help me, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I loved it. I loved it. It was finally an answer to the grief that I was feeling. I don't know how to explain that, but it it seemed to ease that part of me. And I had gone to a lot of grief counseling and a lot of therapists and a lot of other things since then. Nothing worked for me in this capacity. And I loved it so much. I started going more than just like once a week. I started going during the week. I would find like time to go during the middle of the week. And I loved it. The only thing I didn't love is that when I would see the people, I would get so excited and I'd be like, hey guys. And they'd be like, oh, hello. (laughs) and it's like they're they're very solemn you know yeah they're it's it's like there's not emotion in that and i was like all right well i guess you guys don't love me i love you guys but i mean you know (laughs) anyways so one day i had this vision while we were meditating and i don't remember what the vision was i remember that it was daytime so it was it was on a sunday And the bright sun was coming in from the outside. You could see it through the door. And so I'm staring at a wall, but I can see the light, you know, reflecting against the wall. And I could see the smoke from the incense behind me. And it made like an image of like Gaia, you know, Mother Mother Earth. So very much my pagan thing. And it was like her giving birth to the earth or something. And I don't know, it doesn't doesn't sound like much, but to me, a vision meant something, right? So I didn't say anything that day. I contemplated, I talked to people and they're like, you should say something about this, you know? And I yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> the next time I went there, Tygen was not the person that I saw right away. It was a, actually, I brought somebody with me. I don't even remember who it was to go to this meditation with me And I wanted, you know, so we went to the early learn how to meditate thing. And I told them about it. And it was like the apprentice monk. And I told her all about this. Like, I'm like, I'm so excited about this. I was like, I had a vision and I'm telling her about it. And I get done and she goes, it'll pass. And it was like, she was excited to say that to me. And I was like, what? No, I I was like I think you misunderstood what I what I said. <laughs> this happened and blah 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 and she's like it'll pass. Wow. And I was mad. Mm. I was really mad. And I went home that night and I stewed on this. And I went back a couple times for meditation because the meditation was really helpful for me. Never had another vision. But Tigan was speaking one day and he told the story that changed my life this is what made me a skeptic
0: oh we've arrived okay we've
1: arrived at the moment rebecca <laughs> are you ready for it
0: i don't know but well let's do it
1: okay sorry it's been a lot of talking
0: that's all right it's a lot it's, it's you you have a big story and we're putting it out there so i do not have such a big story
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tygan said that there was a There was a Zen student that went to a Zen master and said, "I feel really cloudy today. My mind is very distracted. I'm having trouble focusing and concentrating. There's no way I'm going to become enlightened today." And the the Zen master said, "That'll pass." So instantly, I went back to what this person said about the vision, right? It'll pass. It's like, oh, she said that to me. And then the next day, this student went to his Zen master and said, The fog has lifted. I can see things so much clearer now. I feel like I've reached enlightenment, which is the ultimate goal of a Buddhist, right? Mm-hmm. And the Zen master said, Don't worry. That'll pass. Same exact words. For the same exact thing. And for some reason, that hit me like a ton of bricks. So, on the drive home, which was a long drive, I started thinking about my life. And started thinking about why I was grieving so much. And it was because I... Always thought that I was going to be able to talk to my father and my mother again, that I would be able to do that, that there were answers out there that there that there was all of this all of these secrets that I just needed to uncover, and I didn't know what had just happened to me, but it'll pass came to my head. it'll pass. The grief that I felt for losing my father, it'll pass. The grief I felt from losing my mother, it'll pass. Now, I will tell you, it's not passed. I still grieve them, but that yearning for communication with them passed. I I let it go, and it, and like those words meant to me, in order for me to get better. I need to let go. I need to let go of all these things that are causing me pain. And the things that were causing me pain are things that are very good things. You know, I want I, I, I had such love for my father, such love for my mother, such love for being pagan. But I needed to let them go because they were keeping me in this idea that I could still communicate with them, and that I would. And that I just wasn't doing it good enough or right enough. And that if I just kept practicing, I could. I I could find the answers to do this. So I let it go. And right then and there, I felt relief for the first time in my life. Now, here's the thing that I like to think about, is that We are all identified as certain things. There are certain qualities about you that if somebody asked your best friend to tell me about Rebecca, they would say this or that. But are these things really you or can they change? So I realized at that moment that you can change everything in the blink of an eye. It only takes a second to change. And you can change completely in that one second. So these things that I held on to, calling myself a pagan, calling myself a believer, calling myself these things, were things that, I, that could change at any at moment. And that change is okay. It's okay to be fluid in your beliefs. It's okay to believe one day and not believe another day. It's okay. And knowing that really helped me for some reason. Does that make sense? I mean,
0: I, yeah, I mean, a lot of it does, I think. And it's your story, so it doesn't need to make sense to anybody but you. Um, but I think um, it is interesting, like hearing you talk about um, that you you know, kind of all all of the things that you different religions that you tried and and. Uh, All of that, that kind of kept you in this mode of searching for an answer that you got to a point where you realized like, okay, I'm not going to get that answer. It almost sounded like, um, uh, I've been, (laughs) this is very popular now, there's a lot of like um, cult podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of things out there about, you know, different cults. And, and some of it's not necessarily a cult, like a big, you know, whatever, drink the Kool-Aid cult, but even just being kind of culty. Um, And, and there's a lot of things that can be that way. But I don't know, it's almost like you kept yourself in a in your own little cult where you were kind of, yeah. you know, in a...
1: The cult of my mind. The cult of
0: your mind of kind yeah. of, you know, telling yourself these things and, you know, keeping yourself um from seeing seeing outside of that or something. And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came from, but that's, that was what was in my mind when you were, you were saying that. So, I mean,
1: don't get me wrong. Being a Christian, being a pagan, being a Buddhist, all of these things have shaped me into the person that I am today. I appreciate every one of these things. And I will never tell you that what you believe is wrong because it's not if that's what you believe and if that's your path then do it but do it the best you can to the degree that you want to do it be be the most you can be in that and that's what i try to do in life i you know yeah i would probably consider myself more atheist now and most buddhist would consider themselves an atheist although buddhism is not a religion it's a philosophy it is how we interpret the world around us, and we don't have like a god. Buddha is not like a god to us. He's just a person that has achieved the ultimate goal. And there's other Buddhas as well. But anyways, um, I you know, just because I call myself that today doesn't mean I don't appreciate where I came from, and doesn't mean that I think that it's wrong. I'm just not that. I just I can't be that because being that to me brings back all of that. Brings back, you know, all of the need to be able to speak to my father again. And yeah, he knows or whatever, you know, people are going to say about that. And I'm not saying that to be mean or anything, but those words aren't comforting to me. What would have been comforting to me is at that moment when he passed, if I could have said I love you, goodbye. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me into this world. Thank you for making me the man that I am. Thank you for being an inspiration every single day that I live on this earth, that I want to be the man that you are. You know, and he died at the age of 49 and I'm 47 Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I'm struggling with my health right now. And I think of him and I am inspired by everything his life, his death. I'm inspired by it. I'm inspired by how he held his head up and he was strong during all, all these things. And when he couldn't be strong, he let everyone know he couldn't be strong. And that that defined who he was. My father was a great man. My father was a strong man. He was very, very strong. He could have fought people and beat them up. <laughs> I remember he was at a bar with my, with my mother And he was sitting down at this um, bar stool, or he went and he sat down in a bar stool, and a guy came up to him and said, Hey, you're in my seat. And my dad said, Oh, well, here, take the seat. And he goes, No, I'm going to kick your butt. He didn't say butt. (laughs) And my dad said, Okay, that's fine. Let me buy you a drink first before you do that. And he did. He bought him a drink and then he bought him another drink. And then When him and my mother left the bar that night, my, my mom said, well, what happened then? He's like, I don't know. I could have I beat him up. I could have killed that guy. But I didn't because it's stronger to walk away. And that's how I've lived my life. I've lived my life with that idea that, no, my physical strength is not what I need. And my mental strength is not always what I need. I don't need to bully anyone. So when we do ghostly and we have a debate, I don't look at you and say, how dare you believe something like this? (laughs) I don't. I I look at you like, oh, that's an interesting interpretation of those events.
0: I think we're going to remember that the next time we debate because...
1: I mean, I don't believe it though, but... (laughs) So that is why I'm a skeptic, so...
0: All right, wow,
1: sorry, it's been a long, long story, but it needed to be told,
0: yeah, well, you know, I think uh I think a lot of ghostly listeners will will find a lot to connect with in your story and some things... if they
1: listen this far <laughs> if
0: you are still here, no, yeah. hopefully <laughs> <laughs> i you know it's funny i I think for Ghostly X, I don't know we don't know where it's gonna go, you know, with our yeah. interviews and and we're gonna have a lot of different guests um. Some ghostly favorites, and and hopefully some other new people that we we haven't met yet, uh, and uh, and who knows where these interviews are going to go? But uh, I'm really glad that we we started um, with you because you have such a, a very interesting story that I think um, a lot of again. I mean, a lot of us may not have gone through where we've tried 10 different religions and you know, <laughs> had all this uh, go on with us, but, but I still guarantee that most people found something in your story to connect with, um, even if they didn't come to the same conclusions at the end. No,
1: and I don't expect anybody to come to that conclusion because we're all different. Mm-hmm. We're all the same, but we're all different. I mean, we're, in, we're the same in that we all have very similar fears in life. We all have, you know, things that we want to do, like we all want to be good. We all want to provide for our families. We all, we all want to make somebody smile at some point. Mm-hmm. And then the downside of that is we're all going to suffer in life. And we're all going to lose somebody that we love. And eventually we're going to die. And my interpretation of these things are going to be totally different than what someone else's interpretation are. And that's okay. That is okay. And I I appreciate your faith. I appreciate your belief. I do. I really do. I see light inside that. Not that I see dark inside me, but I see this, this hope that I just don't have, that everybody else has, and I love being around it. It is contagious. It really is. I'm not just saying you in general, I'm saying you the listener too. <laughs> yes. you know I love that mhm, I love belief, I love religion, I study religion i I find solace in it, I find security in it, but I just don't believe
0: mm-hmm. um, so I just to kind of turn it back into ghostly a little bit too is so you know, so this happened to you and then yeah. more life happened. Uh, but how did this then, I guess, lead to, cause, you know, cause I, I'm here and I'm so happy that I'm here. And I thank <laughs> you so much for bringing me along on this journey with you. Uh, but, what uh you ghostly is your your child your brain child whatever you want to call it a baby your baby um so so maybe tell a little bit about kind of what how you got to the origin story the origin story of ghostly (laughs) and and i because i think that it does connect a little bit to your skepticism or a lot a lot it does to your skepticism
1: yeah so um so I was on a podcast called Surreal. Now, I've known a lot of podcasters in my day, right? And I and I know someone that has a podcast network and everything, and I wanted a podcast. I didn't know what it was or how to do it, but I wanted one, right? <laughs> and And I, as
0: we've established when Pat wants something yeah. and gets obsessed with something. <laughs>
1: he will do it. He will do it. And nothing will stand in his way. Yeah. And I, I wanted to do something, but nobody would give me a chance. Nobody believed in me enough to do it. Right. So then along comes Memorium Development and Nick Mataragas and, and Amanda Davila. And they believed in me one time. And they said, hey, we want you to be on this podcast called Surreal. And it's a spoof of cereal, (laughs) the podcast. And I said, yes, I want it. And we recorded. It was one day. Had a great time. Great time. I loved it. Episodes came out. I loved how my character fit into the scheme of things. This is totally improv, though. Uh, I was given an idea of who the character was, but was not... um, was not given any specific direction though. You know, I was told this character is this, make of it what you want. And I did. And then, um, this, then we started, I mean, we, we were already talking at this time. Mm-hmm. And you listen to podcasts all the time. So I was invited to be on this thing called Freak of the Week, which is produced by our friend Nick Mataragas. Uh, And he is not at all the host, David Hickney.
0: No, not at all.
1: Not at all the host, even though they sound a lot alike, but they're not, right? They're not.
0: And and you never see them together, but they're not the same person. And when I've
1: seen Hickney, he kind of looks like Nick a little, but he's not him. No. Not him. Anyways, so I was like, why don't we bring Rebecca in on this? Or as we called you, the professor. (laughs) And they agreed. And you came on and we did Freak. And you did really well. Thank you. And we both decided we really wanted to do a podcast. We just needed an idea. And man, we struggled for an idea because we were like, should we do a Game of Thrones podcast? And then you look, there are a million Game of Thrones podcasts. (laughs) And there was also some of our friends were doing one. So you can't do that. Should we do another podcast based upon this TV show? Nah, I don't know. And then. I was driving. I used to have a hour and a half commute each way into work. I, I like the long commutes <laughs> for some reason. And what, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. And I was listening to one. I was listening to Lore. You ever very, heard of Lore?
0: Very big, very popular podcast. It
1: is very big. And I was listening to Aaron talk. Since I'm a podcaster, I can call him by his first name. right? Sure. Listen to Aaron talk and... I was like, I love how he goes through the story and everything. And I love the music going on and everything. But I had trouble with it because I love the spooky stories. I love them. I really, really do. But I'm like, some of these are just so ridiculous. Come on. This guy can't believe every single thing he's saying. He's just telling the story, right? And then I started thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was a podcast where they were open about their beliefs? Where it was okay to be like, no, I don't believe this. I was like, well, I'm a skeptic. And then I talked to you and you're a believer. This is not something I knew about you at that point. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, actually. Um, because if you would look at both of us, you would think I was the believer and you were the skeptic. That is say. true, yes. And I was like, that that's that's weird. But as I was listening to that lore episode, I remember... Over and over again, he said the word ghostly. He said, you know, in their ghostly apparition or whatever, you know, and ghostly, ghostly, that just kept sticking out to me. And so I looked online and ghostlypodcast.com was available. And I couldn't find any other podcast called Ghostly Podcast. So I'm like, let's do this. And I pitched it to you. Mm -hmm. And then we revised it from then. You know, we came up with more. And more of a plan. And we've done that ever since coming out with Ghostly, that it's evolved into like this courtroom where, you know, it's like one side debating the other side and evidence is presented. And we do the closing arguments. It's modeled after like what you would see on a TV show for a court case. And um, I thought that that was really unique. And although it was inspired by an idea I had while listening to this podcast, it really has nothing to do with that except that it is about paranormal stuff that's the only similarities that we have and we have piano
0: that's true well but i think it's it's interesting to me that you as a skeptic were listening to a paranormal podcast and thinking wow i wish the skeptic point of view was represented, was represented. Yeah. and yeah. so and and then not finding that uh, exactly. Anyways, I mean, I'm not saying there's no other podcasts that have a skeptic point of view because there there are. But you know, to then want to have both, you well, know, both well. sides and and the debate, I think it is different. Um, but it is it's just like I, that. I just you know that that idea of a, a skeptic listening to a paranormal podcast and saying and wishing for uh, for one that could represent.
1: Well, it's funny because I listened, I've i listened to some skeptical podcast and all of them, I think that they go too far. I've listened to some atheist podcast and all of them, I think they go too far. I think it's almost like bashing the other people for their beliefs. Not always, but always there's an undertone of like...
0: Ridicule.
1: Something. It just doesn't feel right to me. It feels like, no, that's too hard. You're mm. going at it too hard because beliefs... Are fluid. There, it's okay, you know. And that thought in me was like, no, there's something that's not being represented here, and it's the mixture of a believer and a skeptic talking about the same story, and come coming at it from every angle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like when we did the Resurrection Mary episode, to me it was like I have never investigated who a who Mary was. And to actually be able to like look at these people and say, these are the leading people that they believe Mary was and to rule out some and not others. And I feel I did a good job with ruling them all out. But (laughs) anyways, but to do that was like, man, that feels good. It feels like we're accomplishing something by talking about not only the story itself, but the history of it and the, the behind the scenes and like, to understand that time period,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that to me meant something, and it still does to this day. And I still love doing ghostly. I do too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that seemed like you were going to say <laughs> something else there. No.
1: <laughs> so do you have any other questions for me, Rebecca uh, of Ghostly? <laughs>
0: um. No i i I feel I feel like we've gotten a good a good snapshot of you there, Pat. From Ghostly.
1: Yeah, it's just an hour and 15 minute interview. I mean, you know. uh, I can't always promise that the interviews are going to be this long. It's This is a story that I've wanted to tell from the Mm get-go. And I'm glad to be able to have a way to be able to express this and to let people know that no matter what you believe, that's okay. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Just don't hurt anybody. That's all. I mean, that's what I learned from being, being a pagan, being a Wiccan, and, and ye harm none, do as well. That's uh, okay. like the number one rule. And I I take that with me wherever I go. I try never to harm anyone. And I don't want to harm you or your beliefs, listeners.
0: Even and- if sometimes he doesn't agree with us.
1: No, and that's okay. <laughs>
0: it is okay.
1: That's fine because we all have a different path and every path is acceptable as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And I don't go out of my way, like when I'm on the streets and somebody tells me their dreams or a ghost story or something like that, like it happens to me all <laughs> the time. You know, people, hey, guy, hey, I just saw this, you know, um, I don't instantly go into skeptic mode and be like, that's not true because of this. That's who I am on the podcast. That's what my role is in the podcast. It is to be that skeptic, is to put that skeptical point of view to bring it out so people can hear it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I I do think uh, uh, that you do a good job. So if you ever if you if you do meet Pat and you want to tell him your story of something that you saw or experienced, he's a very good listener. He pro- yeah. he promises not to uh, give you a skeptic. Uh, pov and less asked for
1: yeah and even then i don't always feel comfortable doing it yeah it's difficult (laughs) yeah
0: all right well uh thank you so much for joining (laughs) ghostly x today for (laughs) this interview Um, thank you for having me of course and uh so again these interviews are um going to be a new new feature we have and we hope uh hope Everybody enjoys them. Uh, and starting in February, it's going to be for our Patreon subscribers. So uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, be sure to go subscribe so you can hear more interviews.
1: Yeah. And other things too. I mean, oh, yeah. So you can go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the Patreon button in the menu bar, and that'll take you right to our Patreon page. And we have various different tiers. Mm-hmm. Some of them are only one dollar.
0: Oh yeah. I yeah, really. Nothing is we try to keep it reasonable. We you know. <laughs> no, I mean
1: when when doing the Patreon, I thought about what kind of value can we bring to somebody and you know, our first instinct was to be like, oh, it's like $100 for this tier. <laughs> but I'm like, no, we don't bring that much value. So I really want to make it worth your money.
0: Yes. Yeah, that is definitely our goal. So, uh, yeah. And, and again, we're going to keep going with this. If you have an idea of someone you'd like us to interview or um, a, a news story we can share on an episode, um, definitely send it to us.
1: So who's our next interview on Ghostly X? Uh, it's me you, ooh, wow,
0: yeah, so you're gonna gonna hear hear some Rebecca. I'm not sure if I've got an hour and fifteen <laughs> level story, but then again, I am a talker, yeah, uh, so it's also possible that could happen.
1: well, we'll see, we'll and, see, and I look forward to it.
0: Thank you for listening to our very first Ghostly X episode. Woohoo. <laughs> we, Ghostly X. Ghostly X. We hope you enjoyed it. And I we, hope you're
1: not mad at me.
0: <laughs> that was a journey that you took us on there, Pat. And too.
1: I mean, I you know what? We're the better. I wanna for be it. completely honest, right? I <laughs> want I want to be open and honest with everyone.
0: Yeah. I, I it's we appreciate you opening your heart like that.
1: Well, I mean it's the least I could do.
0: <laughs> well, we, we love your feedback uh, on, on Ghostly X, the concept. We'd love your stories. Please send us those news stories uh, so we can share them with everybody. And uh, we'd love your votes and your comments. So we have uh, your comments to share. Uh, so thank you again for listening.
1: Yeah. And I want to tell everybody, you know, you can in February, you can start listening to this on Patreon only. It will not be available on Ghostly. Uh, It will be Ghostly X its own thing. And uh, we're really excited about that. Patreon uh, is going to open up a lot of doors for Ghostly in that we can do things that we never dreamed possible. Right now, we cover all the cost of Ghostly. And it's not, you know, where it's going to break us or anything like that. But it's still, it would just be nice to cover the cost, you know, and to Get back to even, and then monies can be spent on other things.
0: Then. Yeah, to keep us growing. So exactly, we we yes. really appreciate um, your support. But we, you know, we don't want you to just give us money. We want to give you something for giving us that Absolutely. money. Absolutely. And um, that was the
1: problem with Buy Me a Coffee. Is yeah. That, you know, I felt like we weren't giving anybody anything for it. But I also want to remind everybody that we ghostly did have the entity episode out and. I really enjoyed doing that episode with you. I thought it was really good. It took me back to my nightmares. Been having these nightmares again <laughs> about the entity. Uh, and also that our next episode comes out next week. And the next episode is going to be about the House of Death in New York City.
0: Ooh, that's, a, that's our mo- one of our Most Haunted see- series, right? Yeah, Most oh. Haunted.
1: And that comes out on January 19th. Very so exciting. So we're really excited to bring you more. And then on the next Ghostly X, we're going to be interviewing Rebecca. I get to take the reins and <laughs> I get to put you through what you put me through. Uh-oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My journey is, uh, is not so twisty, but uh, hopefully still fun to hear. We'll see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And at the very least, you can get to know us better. And uh, that's what we want to bring with Ghostly X. We want you to be able to get to know these great people who, that we're going to be bringing on the show, we want we want you to know them better.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so again, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope you keep it ghostly,
1: stay fresh, cheese bags.